I'd say, yeah, everyone listening, really think about your body language. So think about what you wear, because that's the first thing I noticed. But then I really notice your body language. People who smile more earn more. So if you can, do a huge smile when you're about to call someone for a difficult conversation. You might not be able to speak someone's language, but if they're smiling at you, you think, okay, you're friend, I'm okay. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers, and leaders. With thanks to our partner Connect Now, Elevate brings you the best tools, thinking, and strategies to elevate your results. To get access to all of Elite Agent's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast, visit joineliteagent.com. And for more information about how Connect Now can make moving easier on your clients, visit connectnow.com.au. Here is your host, Samantha McLean. Hey, hey everyone, it's Sam here. If every word used to describe yourself or your unique capability could either make you a million dollars or cost you a million dollars, how carefully would you choose those words? Today, we're grateful to be welcoming back the owner of the statement, it's not their job to be interested, it's your job to be interesting, Maz Farrelly. So Maz, hello. How are you, doing? It's beautiful of you to invite me back because I'm very aware the world is not short of people who would like to be on your podcast. So the fact that you have me back here twice, I feel like I need to come up with some new material, up my game, quite frankly, be interesting. I'll <laughs> give it a red hot go. Well, always, actually, Mark and I were talking about Just a little side note before we sort of get into the hard-hitting questions and before I go all these sales on you, which, you know, probably will do. Brilliant. Yeah, Mark and I were talking because you're coming back to Elite Retreat this year. And we were saying, well, what title do we give Maz? And then then he started sort of doing the Melrose Place music, dun, 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 dun. And he's like, she's like our special guest star. She's like our Heather Locklear in the 80s. She was in Melrose Place. So Always there, always the guest star, even though she was just a regular part of the program. But you know, Elite Retreat, for me, was quite amazing because it felt like a holiday, but obviously it wasn't. I call it a bizcation because I work in the media and we love stuff like that. Uh, And don't worry, I know everyone hates me for it. Take a ticket, join the queue. Yeah, I found it, I thought it was like a, a holiday, but like a holiday, you come back and you feel really, 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 really invigorated. But your brain is like, mate, that's been like a huge workout. So many interesting people there. So many interesting speakers. Yeah, beautifully produced. So good on you. I'm looking forward to it enormously, frankly. Well, we're looking forward to having you back and you're in charge of the evenings activities. You know that, don't you? Yes, I have heard that. I have a number of evening dresses always ready. So I'm not married. And I always thought I'd marry a diplomat because I went to this really posh school. It was ridiculous, my school. So I tend to buy clothes for diplomatic parties, even though I've never been a diplomat, married a diplomat, dated a diplomat, or had anything to do with diplomacy whatsoever. So I'm always ready to go with a bit of a sequin at any point. So if anyone ever needs me at the last moment, don't worry, I can be there in heels and a sequin, drop of a hat. I'm hitting the like button on that right here, right now. Like, <laughs> Could not like that anymore. I have no casual clothes whatsoever. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, I think my mother actually said to me, you can never be overdressed. You can never dress too well. The first thing, so I've done, as you know, so my background is TV and film, and I've interviewed probably about 12,000 people. The first thing you notice is what people are wearing. First thing. So before they move, you notice their clothes. So clothes and then body language. 
So every time you put your hand in the wardrobe, you are branding yourself. You're telling the world the story of you. And we think we are not doing that. And we always are. Like people think, oh, you know, I just wear black. You think, well, it's a big statement just wearing black. Because you're saying, you know, I'm serious, I'm sensible, I'm quite cool. Don't think about clothes, but I do think about clothes. I'm a bit chic. Maybe I live in Melbourne, who knows? But you are telling the world something about you. So yeah, think about your clothes. Always think about what you're wearing, always. Yeah, absolutely. So I've seen you around a bit lately. I feel like you're just speaking all the time and I've seen you pop up at a couple of real estate events as well. How have things been for you in the last 12 months? Are you having fun? It's been brilliant. If you can hear buzzing, I'm not in a hive. I'm in Thailand and someone is renovating their kitchen about two doors down and there's nothing really I can do about it. So if you hear buzzing, I do apologize. Yeah, the last year has been magnificent for me. I sort of had no plan for my business and sort of had a plan for my business. I wanted it to be organic because you were never going to Google Red Hot XTV producer (laughs) who helps you with branding, messaging, culture. You're never going to Google it. But I want people to know that I'm in business because I want to help as many people as I can. So the only way really to do that is to be out there. So it's been very organic, which is what I wanted. And everybody who's ever booked me has been in a room with me at some point or heard me on a podcast seen me you know beautiful elite retreat so I think it's been a lovely way to grow actually when people contact me it isn't me contacting them and selling something it's them contacting me and buying which is what I wanted because it means I don't do hundreds of meetings I will speak at a conference and hopefully you know 10 people will call me afterwards so I'm very blessed I don't say lucky because I don't know I think you make your own luck but I don't think when you're successful it's been lucky I think it's hard work and opportunity. So maybe opportunity is luck. But I think if you're not out there doing stuff and being visible, and that's kind of a little note for everyone, be out there, be visible. I say, I remind people I'm alive, just in case they think I've passed away. I like to pop up, you know, pop my little fat head up every now and then and go, oi, you, I'm alive, I'm available, I'm working, contact me. So yeah, keep your plates spinning, all your social media plates, keep them spinning so everyone knows that you're in business. And uh, keep reminding people why you're really brilliant at what you do. I was going to say this, just while we've been sort of riffing a bit, there's some amazing marketing lessons there that I'll maybe just reverse back over. One is the power of referrals because you're not selling yourself. Yeah, You want to be referable. You want to be the person. When we had a TV company, a production company, we had a few rules. One of them was we have to be a joy to do business with. We have to be a joy to do business with. You've got to love doing business with us. We've got to be easy to book, easy to work with, really reasonable, nice people, have a laugh. Because when you're working, you make a TV show, you're going to work every day, 12-hour days for four months. It's agony. I mean, it's torture. So you've got to be with people you really, really like, and you have to laugh your head off because otherwise going to work becomes misery. And actually, you make a TV show, going to work is like going to catch up with your friends. It's so much fun. So I think, yeah, you've got to be out there all the time and not spooking yourself, but just reminding people why you're brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that I saw you do lately that I thought was really brilliant was you were recently on a podcast with Mark Burris. I'm a big fan of Mark. I've got to say, I work with a million famous people and I like Mark. I've got to say, if I can be a little bit naughty, the chemistry between you two in that podcast is just off the charts. Is there anything you want to tell us? Look, don't you worry. If there's anything going on with Mark and myself, I'd be wearing it on a T-shirt. I literally, 
it would be the first thing I go, hello, my name is Maz. I wouldn't be keeping it secret. It would be very good for my brand, very bad for his brand, possibly the end of his career. When you've been in the trenches with people, and obviously making TV is not being in a care home or down a mine. I know where I come in the pecking order of life, even though I behave like, you know, I'm saving the world. I know I'm not. But you work hard in telling, and there's a lot of pressure. You know, people are giving us a lot of money and they want a lot of money back for it. So we worked really hard. It was really nice. At the very beginning, Mark said to me, I want you to be honest with me. I said, okay, now I've got to be honest with you, Mark. Everyone says that to me. They really mean it. What they really want me to do is tell them that they're brilliant all the time. Now, which one are you? Are you the one <laughs> that would actually really like the truth? So I will come in and say, you know, when you did that, there's a better way of doing it. Try this next time because I'm not going to tell him how to run a business, but I'm going to tell him how to be incredible on screen and in a room. You know, I'm a producer of people, very good at that. And we trusted each other. And I trusted him. He trusted me. He was very honest. He'd come in some days and say, you know, my cab was late. You know, your team were disorganized. We were supposed to start at six. We didn't start at 6.45. I've got to be somewhere at 7.30. You're in trouble. And I'd say to him, you know, thank you. I like that. We will only get better if we know what's wrong. And if you tell me everything is right all the time, I'm not going to learn anything. We're not going to get better. Yeah, we stayed friends. And there are a few people that I think are really beautiful humans. Whenever I ask them for anything, you know, if I say, can you write me a review for X? They'll do it in seconds. Raynan Keating, Guy Sebastian, Julia Morris, Mark. You know, I'll ask Mark for something. In 10 seconds, he'll reply. Try this, champion. Do this. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of Mark. I really like him. We're good mates. Yeah, it was an amazing episode and we'll leave a link to it in the show notes. My favourite little bit of that conversation is always about the president and about branding and all of that sort of thing and, yeah, just a fantastic listen. But as we speak, you're in Thailand right now getting ready to go on your bike ride. How did we get here, Maz? <laughs> so, Sam, I would say that you define getting ready. Well, clearly you're training hard. <laughs> I've probably been on a bike at some point in my life. I would have to have been at some point, I'm guessing. My friend Harvey said to me, because he lives downstairs in the same building as me, he said, uh, you really need to carb load. No, look at me. I've been carb loading since I could hold a fork. So I went out yesterday and I had pad thai and then I washed it down with a white chocolate cheesecake with ice cream. So that side of it, I've been all over. But no, I'm, like, I'm wildly unfit. I'm crazily unfit. I haven't done any exercise in a million years. So my brothers, who are very funny, taking a sweepstake on which day I'll have a stroke. One of them, I think Chris is day two, Frank's day three. So yeah, the family have a little sweepstake on when they'll get the call saying your sister's had a stroke. So oh. I know, look, I'm doing it and I'm doing it and I'm doing it and it's fine. And the other people who are doing it, obviously beautiful humans and they've been in training and they're taking it very seriously. I tell you what's really, really, really lovely. So I think I'd put down, I want to make 6,000 and I think I'm at 9,000 in something like 48 hours. So anyone who's donated, thank you very much because times are tough and there are a million people asking you for money. So I'm very, 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 very grateful. Some people are sponsoring me to do the bike ride. Some are sponsoring me per whinge, <laughs> how much I'll be complaining. So those people are in for a shock because they will be delivering millions well, the common thread in all of this is Steve Carroll. So when my husband found out that you were on the bike ride, he said, I feel like this is the equivalent of Steve talking you into Zoomathon, which was something we did last year. 33 hours in a small studio, four of us together for, you know, with the world's longest real estate Zoom. And he did say to me, 
It's the Steve Carroll factor, and Steve will be listening to this. So, <laughs> yes, he's very persuasive. You can obviously convince anyone of anything. Oh, absolutely. I think Steve Carroll is the most persuasive man in the world. I wouldn't like him as an enemy. Can you imagine? If he wanted to turn the entire world against you, he'd be able to do it in about three minutes because he's very, very persuasive. So he said, um, would you like to do this bike ride? And I said, absolutely not, 100%, no way, not even interested in discussing it. And suddenly I'm in Thailand about to get on a bike. So <laughs> I'm not absolutely positive how it happened, but somehow it has happened. I had to post it on Facebook and LinkedIn, but no, my phone has not been hacked. This is me because I'm obviously... I can't think of anyone less likely to be doing this. Maybe Oprah. Maybe Oprah would be the only other person who would be the least likely person to do it because she's busy and I can't imagine her really wanting to do a bike ride. We wish you all the love and luck in the world and we know people that have survived it and rave about it. So I'm sure you'll have an amazing experience. I think it's going to be incredible. The people who are doing it are lovely. Claire and Peter from Hands Across the Water such lovely humans and kind and generous and, you know, really dedicating their lives to doing something amazing. It's a very flip, easy thing to say, dedication their lives. They really are. Yeah. You know, they get up every day and they're motivated by doing something really good for people they don't know. And that's a remarkable thing to do, isn't it, really, when you think about it. You're going to get up every day and do something really remarkable and beautiful for people you don't know. You can do it for your friends. It's easy. But doing it for people you don't know, that's incredible. I'm wildly interested in culture at the moment and how we behave. And I'm doing this personal experiment at the moment of smiling like I am bonkers at <laughs> everybody just to see what happens and try it for a day. Just not a small smile, but the most enormous smile ever to everybody you meet. It's really interesting, the reaction that you get back. Because people would give you an enormous smile back and people are completely on side. Yeah, it's an interesting little experiment. I thoroughly recommend it. I was going to say, that sort of fits with, you probably remember Alan P's body language expert. I remember interviewing him during COVID and he said that the problem with masks and being human is that you can't see teeth. And because humans are primates in the beginning, what you've got to do is you've got to show your teeth because obviously... I'm smiling <laughs> for the people that are just listening. I'm smiling, but showing our teeth just to another human means we're no threat because then they can see that we don't have like canine teeth and we're not going to rip anyone apart. So smiling's fundamental, yeah. That's so interesting and I completely and utterly agree because yeah. I think when you smile, people smile with you. When you're laughing, people around you will start laughing. They're all tells. They're all tells in your face. And we read each other's body language, obviously, all the time because people say stuff, but what they actually mean is something completely different. I'd say, yeah, everyone listening, really think about your body language. So think about what you wear because that's the first thing I notice. But then I really notice your body language. People who smile more earn more. Yeah. I mean, that is crazy, isn't it? People who smile more earn more. And also, I can always really tell when people are doing a voiceover and they're smiling. Radio people will do it. The difference in my voice now when I'm smiling and the difference in my voice now when I'm not smiling it's quite different. So if you can, do a huge smile when you're about to call someone for a difficult conversation. And also share smiles all the time. This, it sounds like something you'd write in the tea towel. You know, you'd put an inspirational poster over a picture of a mountain. Smile. Well. <laughs> but I think it does work. I'm very interested in 
obviously, given my background, you know, I've done so many reality TV shows, I've watched people for a living. I'm so interested in behavior and how we can change behavior very quickly. And using smiles as a secret weapon and humor is really underrated. And you think you look at babies, you smile at a baby, a baby will smile back at you. Yeah, that's how basic it is. We read faces all the time. You might not be able to speak someone's language, but if they're smiling at you, you think, okay, your friend, I'm okay. So yeah, interesting. Absolutely. Say you're the, like the undisputed queen of reality TV. And I don't know whether it's like getting to know you over the last year or so or not, but I'm noticing a lot of real estate people on all the shows. Like we've had Fraser on Survivor and Alicia on The Bachelor and there's more Lux listings and there's another real estate show that's been rumored in Melbourne. You feel like real estate is having a reality TV moment? You know, the thing that's interesting about, I mean, there are very many things interesting about real estate people is you sell houses and you rent houses, of course, but you're much more than that. You have to walk into a room and you have to read that room instantly. You have to read how happy the couple are or the family or the individual and whether they're serious about and whether they do actually have the finance and are they getting on? Are they not getting on? You're there at the toughest times. You know, people are selling because they're divorcing. I mean, there's all the happy stuff. You know, we're setting up our first home. We're having a baby or whatever anyone thinks is a happy time in life. Or you're there for the tough times when people are getting divorced or someone's died. So you have to know which room you're walking into. So real estate people for me are always really, really interesting. And also you're dealing with someone at probably the most stressful time in their life. And you're selling them something that is more expensive than anything else they are going to buy in their lives. And they might only buy property once. So it's a really big deal. You are friend, confidant, carer, sympathizer, business partner. You have 45 different hats on. So it's a really, really, really difficult job. So there are certain people that read situations well. I think hairdressers do. I think drivers do. But I think for real estate, it's much more complicated. It's a much more complicated relationship. So I can completely understand why. And also, real estate people are generally very articulate and quite gregarious, because you've got to be. You can't kind of walk through a house whispering, this is the kitchen, (laughs) this is the bathroom. I think you'll be happy. You know, you've got to be kind of you know, we've met the neighbours. The neighbours are incredible. I used to live in this area. I'll tell you what, down the road, best coffee in Melbourne or the RSL. I know it's best food you're going to get outside of Lumin CBD. Whatever it is, you have to be warm and interesting. And it's not a would like to have, it's a must have. And that's really hard. You know, you're a thousand different things when you're putting together a deal. It's a difficult job. So I can understand why you're all being cast. And also it's really interesting. When we finish this, I'm going to look at a property in this building. And there's nothing I like more than going and looking at properties. I used to live in LA. I was doing a show for the BBC. And on Sundays, it was real estate down Sundays in Beverly Hills and up in the Hollywood Hills. And my friend Paul and I, Paul Hardy, we used to go off to listings, just wander through the houses because we really, really enjoyed it. And we didn't look rich because we're working for the BBC. So that's literally like someone giving you a biscuit every year. That's how much money you make at the BBC. But you do it because it's the BBC. But because we had British accents, they thought we might be kind of slightly eccentric British people who looked poor, but were multimillionaires. So we used to just walk through and kind of go, you know, is the swimming pool north facing? And they go, yeah, we go, oh, we really want west. But thank you so much for showing us around. 
I'm so sorry to all of the beautiful real estate people. We were the time wasters. That was us. Uh-huh. If you were a real estate agent, like if you could just sort of take yourself out of TV land for a moment and just put yourself in a real estate agent's shoes, what do you think sets a successful real estate brand apart from the competition? I think you have to know why you're different because if you're like everyone else, that's fine. But what you'll do is you'll pick up crumbs. If you have a niche that is this wide, but 45 miles deep, you'll get everyone. So I have a friend who is a keynote speaker because I don't really do TV anymore. I haven't done TV for about 15 years, probably about 10 years. I have a friend who is a speaker and a trainer and advisor, a consultant. He only does plastic surgeons. I know anyone else, but he is the king of plastic surgeons. If you want to have a better website and reach more people and have a better conversation when people call, you contact him. So when someone rings, what's the script? So he's quite incredible. He has a very narrow niche, but he is the only one in the marketplace doing that. So who are you appealing to? Why are you different to everybody else? Why should I trust you? I'm about to do business with you. I like, you know, see previous Mark Boris. Mark and I made the vow that we'd be honest with each other. And I think that makes life much easier. So I really like real estate people who are really, really honest. The lady who's showing me this property, she said it's on the market for 4.5 million. I think they'll take four. The guy is in his 70s. He lives in Italy. I think he just wants to get rid of the place. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Then if I like it, I'll offer four and we'll have a sale by three o'clock today. So I think being honest, telling people that you're honest, that doesn't work. (laughs) You have to be honest. (laughs) I'm honest. It's like when people say, I'll be really honest with you. You think, well, what were you before? Like were you being dishonest with me? I think referrals, you know, get people to leave you reviews, get people to suggest you to other people. And be on brand, whatever your brand is, be on brand. And I think also, we kind of have this thing, I think, that we think the world is going to be great all the time. And that, I think, isn't life. As I get older, I think it's very unrealistic. And we have to know that not all the times are great. And everyone in real estate had a boom period. It's not going to be boom all the time. You know, if it was, it'd be really boring. We like roller coasters because they go up and down. They don't just go up or down, they go up and down. And that makes it more exciting. So I think when you know that it's not supposed to be great all the time, that's not what life is like. You just got to ride out the times. They're not bad. They're just different. It's not going to be boom all the time. There are times when it's not going to be boom and you learn a bit more about yourself. And it's a good time to rebrand. You know, you've got time. (laughs) It's not brokering deals because there aren't any. But I think this is a great time to rebrand. It's a great time to do something like go to Bali with you guys and look at who you are and look at who you are in the marketplace, who you want to be for the next year, make a plan, make a schedule and really get strategic about it, really dig down into it because you're going to have a bit of time on your hands and that's fine because you've just been through a boom. And when you're in a time of boom, do stick a bit of money in your back pocket. So when the next phase comes, you've got enough to buy yourself some biscuits. (laughs) I was just about to ask you, it is a bit of a downtime. So the first investment that kind of goes is things like marketing because it's almost like, well, just don't have the money to do that. But again, if you were a real estate agent, what are some of the things you'd be doing right now to get attention, given that everything might not lead to a listing because volume's quite low at the moment? Yeah, during the First World War, the Second World War, I know it'd be a surprise to people, I wasn't actually around, but there's a company in the UK, a sugar company called Tate Lyle. And Tate and Lyle, they couldn't sell sugar because obviously they're in war and there are rations. They kept advertising and everyone was saying, why are you advertising? You can't buy sugar. What's the point in advertising? No one can buy sugar. 
At the moment, everyone could buy sugar. They're buying sugar from them. So make sure that you keep your plate spinning, keep your instant plate spinning. And you can be doing this time last year, we sold an $8 million house. And this was our strategy. This is what the buyer said. This is what the seller said. You know, if you've got a property to sell, come to us. You can make it an anniversary. You can talk about the boom times. You can do anything at all that you want to do. Get people in to give free stuff on renovations. Start to run seminars on preparing your house to sell in two years' time. What can you do now that doesn't cost any money that you can, that will keep you going through the bad times? But I think I would be thinking about marketing. I'd keep all your plates spinning, just all your plates in the air, keep them going, keep them going, keep them going, because it doesn't cost you anything to do social media. It's free. But how do you stay in people's minds? And, you know, write to people. If you've sold 100 houses in the last year, write to them, ask them if they're happy. Is there anything we can do for you? You think of buying an investment property? Writing is quite nice. We get so few letters now. You know, send them a nice card or send them, you know, a personal video, but do something that's a little bit different and keep all your relationships going. So you can hear they're doing renovations here now. They're obviously doing the same thing. They're thinking in a year's time or two years' time. But you can give stuff away for free. And I'm not suggesting you give away your handbags or your furniture, but you can give away knowledge for free. You know, and you can talk to people about the best mortgages, the worst mortgages, best sales, how to get your house ready, how to redo your guard, how to sell a house, 10 questions to ask your estate agent before you employ them, what stamp duty is, what sales tax, all these things. You can be giving all of this away for free. Everybody loves property stuff, especially the hacks. We love hacks. Anything you can do to make me a little bit smarter in the shortest time as possible. I'm on board with that. I like to be a bit smarter. Yeah. But yeah, keep them, know who you are, build. This is a great time to build. If you're not busy, you know, be strategic and think, how can I use this time? During COVID, I started to be a keynote speaker. So how did that go? Not well. The day before COVID, I'd wound down all my TV stuff and all my film. Nothing. D-Day is, I think it was like the 13th of March, 12th of March, went to lockdown. Every single thing was cancelled. Everything. I mean, literally every single thing. So I thought, well, I can either cry into my Chardonnay or I can just get better at what I do. So I just spent the time trying to get better at what I did and trying to grow my business organically and being on screens and just being strategic. So I'd say, this is the time where you're going to have a bit of time, use it wisely and rebrand yourselves. When people are selling and buying and renting again and moving, be the brand leader because someone will be. So why not you? Yeah, absolutely. So. There's a concept of yours I really love. Oh, there's lots of concepts of yours that I love, actually, but I do love the the Netflix ad thing. So just for people that haven't been to one of your keynotes, would you mind quickly explaining what the Netflix ad is, why we need one, and how would you go about creating one? Yeah, so there are only two ways that people watch content, really, and there are only two ways people find you as a business. And one is word of mouth, and the other one is they just come across you or they Google you. Give it a Google. When they land on you, I mean, not physically, obviously, but they land on your assets, do they click or do they just swipe to the next person? So your business really is a Netflix ad because we only find content in two ways. One, you'll say to your mates what you're watching at the moment and they'll tell you. Or two, you think, I'd quite like to watch something on police drama. Oh, Even then, I'll go onto Facebook and I'm Mazola for Zola on Facebook if you ever want recommendations. Every now and then, maybe once every two months, I'll put something on saying, What are you listening to? What are you watching? And I'll have about 200 replies. Word of mouth is incredible. It's the best advertising there is. Save your money, get referrals. So if a show is really good, 
like Bad Sisters, which I have been banging on about for about a year. It's really good. You'll go to Apple, there'll be a paragraph. If that paragraph is interesting, Sam, you'll click. If it isn't, you won't. It's really, really, really simple. Everything you do has a job. Every single part of your business has a job. Write down what the job is. What is the job of the front page of your website? What's the job of the first 30 words of your website? What's the job of the first 30 words in that Netflix ad? And it's to make you click through and read more or watch. It's supposed to make you take action. If the first 30 words on your website do not make me do that, you need to rewrite them and rethink them. And then the next 30 words, they're there to make you engage with the next 30 words. So everything has a job. In TV, when we put a promo on air, it has one job. And that job is watch me. I have to make you watch that show. It only has one job. If it doesn't hit watch me, then it's not a good promo. It is that simple, but no one talks about it. People will send me their show reels. Lots of my speaker friends send me their show reels because I do professional speaking. That's my job. And they'll say, can you look at this? And I'll write back to them and say, it doesn't make me want to buy you. And that's the job of a promo. It doesn't have any other job. It has no other job. There is no other job other than buy me, book me. So everything you do in your business, write down what the job of it is. If you post on social media, the job of that is to get people to like you and engage with you and book you. That's it. You've got to yeah. engage with you, like you and book you. If it doesn't do that job, then don't bother posting. If it's just something that is dull, here's me outside a house. You go, right, couldn't care less. Like really, what's in it for me? Think about your audience constantly. You know, when I do speaking or I do consultancy, all I do is I think about the audience. I think, what do you want? How can I deliver it to you in a way that's palatable? It's like a meal. You know, what do you want? How can I deliver it to you in a way it's palatable? For some people, it's a buffet. For some people, it's fine dining. Some people, it's a burger. But you've got to know your audience. So your 30 words, your Netflix ad, are the most important 30 words you're going to write. They're also the hardest. It's got to tell me who you are, why you're different, why I should engage with you and why I should trust you. What do you do? What do you do? What is it in a sentence? What is different about you? Why should I engage you? Why should I trust you? If you can hit those markers in your Netflix ad, it's a great Netflix ad. And if you can have word of mouth, it's even better. Well, I've been thinking a lot about my Netflix ad, actually. So I'm going to run this past. Let's workshop this. What do you reckon? Live. And also, I'll give you the Mark Burris permission to <laughs> chop me down. <laughs> Be honest. After I saw you speak the last time, I was thinking about this myself because people say to me, what do you do? And I say, we have a real estate magazine. And I just realized how boring that is. So I've changed my Netflix ad into, I turn people and brands into celebrities in the real estate industry. What do you reckon? I think it's brilliant. You've got to think about what's in it for them. So people will say, you know, have a best mechanics in Bondi. I mean, actually, it's not a bad line. But people say stuff that's really dull and you think, you're not telling me what's in it for me. There's got to be an outcome for me, otherwise I'm not interested. I was going to say yeah, that. There's a guy that I met at the Terry White Kmart conference a couple of months ago and he works in men's health and there are about I don't know 600 people in the room and I said turn to the person next to you tell them what you do in one sentence make it interesting and we went through we've been through you know all the steps of why you're different why do you need to exist what would happen if you didn't exist you know all of those questions and he works in men's health and his one line is this Sam which is utterly genius I fix dicks <laughs> Isn't that brilliant? Yep. There is no leaving nothing. It's impossible for you not to say, oh my God, that's so interesting. Tell me more. When you say what you do, 
someone has to say to you, that's interesting, tell me more. That is the job of your one line. When people say to you, what do you do? The job, the answer is to get people to say, that's interesting, tell me more. Now, it's impossible for you not to say to him, that's interesting, tell me more. Now, the reason I think that is particularly good is one, it makes you laugh. When you laugh, you feel warm and connected to that person. You like them. It's very unusual to dislike people who make you laugh. Very, very unusual. So it's engaging. It bonds you. Also, if you're a guy, women, we have people looking at our new knees from a very young age, not casually, but medically. I mean, casually, no one's judging. But we have to go and have smear tests. And, you know, people are looking at me clapper from the age of 16, 17. So we're so used to it. We're kind of like, yeah, fine. Every two years. I think it's slightly different for men. I think it is slightly harder for them. It's slightly more difficult. So I think a guy showing he has a sense of humor about it helps. He's funny, which helps. It's very clear what he does. That helps. So I think it's a really, really, really smart one line. You could say, you know, I work in mental health, having trouble with the genitals. And, you know, if you're too embarrassed to come and visit me, really, who cares? I fix dicks. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. What is your one line that makes me say, that's interesting? And you do. It's not about having a magazine that's very passive. What you do is much bigger than that. You make rock stars out of realtors. Now, that is an incredible thing to be able to do. And you do it very quickly and very effectively. And if you're on the cover of your magazine, that's like being in the Hall of Fame. That really matters. It's really important. There is no one who's going to go, I've never heard of you. Oh, yeah, them. And you've curated everybody in the industry and you've chosen that person. And there's only one front cover. So being on the cover of your magazine matters. It's a big deal. So I think you do. You make rock stars out of real estate people. It's brilliant. It's my story and I'm sticking to it. And I might steal rock stars now too. Because, you know, do it. now that we've workshopped <laughs> it, like I feel good about it. But it's yours. Amazing to catch up with you as always. And I can't wait to see you at Elite Retreat in the sequins. I can't wait. And if anyone wants to come, you know, buy me a glass of wine or seven, I'm very happy to go through your one lines with you. You know, if it helps at all, Sam, I'm very happy to sit under a, um, an umbrella because my parents are Irish. So if I'm in the sun for three seconds, it's a little bit like a piece of toast that's been in the toaster for four weeks. But yeah, I'm very happy to sit with everyone, go through their one lines with them and, you know, look at their websites and give people some free advice. I charge a lot of money for it. So yes, come along. I'll be by the pool drinking the gronies from about eight o'clock in the morning. I can definitely say that you're worth it. And yeah, we can't wait to have you back again. In wrapping up today, actually, there's going to be some good notes from this podcast because it just sounds like you and I have been having just a lovely chat. But in actual fact, there's just a heap of takeaways scattered right throughout this podcast. So thank you for that. And thank you for sharing your knowledge. If there's one thing that you'd like to leave people with today, what would it be? Uh, Be kind. It's a very strange thing to say. But people get very cross about things. I'm noticing people getting very cross about things very quickly. And uh, what's the point? You can be cross about everything or not. It is absolutely your choice. Someone sent me something this morning, my friend Louise Hanna, who is a cybersecurity expert, if you're looking for one. She is a genius, by the way, and she's red hot. She sent me something that Ricky Gervais said, and she sent it to me. She said, you live like this. And it said something like, in the paraphrase, I can't remember because it was early in the morning. He said something like, The difference between you and me is I'm happier because if I have a choice, I'll always laugh about it and you'll get cross. And I think it's kind of true in a way. You know, if people are cutting you up in traffic, if you let everyone in front of you, no one is ever going to cut you up. If you smile at everyone, 
people smile back at you. If you are charming, you let people in front of you in every queue. If you understand that people aren't just cross, they might be having a really bad day, then your life just gets so much better. I would say if you can, ramp your laughter up by 80% and wrap your smiling up by 80%. Just ramp it up. And if you think that someone is being rude or not, just choose not to just think, I'm not going to think this person, I'm going to think they're having a bad day. And actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give them so much love, I'm going to make their day better. So yeah, be kind to everyone around you and especially yourself, because you're important, you're doing a hard job. It's not easy being out there. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant advice as always, Maz Farrelly. Thank you so much. My absolute joy. If anyone wants to be friends with me, I'm Maz Speaks on LinkedIn and on Facebook, I'm Mazola Fazola. And Sam will tell you, I treat both of them like they are the same thing. So I don't have a public persona, the professional one. <laughs> what you see is what you get constantly. So if you're up for it, let's be friends. Absolutely. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Elevate podcast. With thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to get access to all of Elite Agent's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast. Visit joineliteagent.com. 